0: You are listening to the Two and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Ooh, the second half of the triple header on Saturday is the Banjo Bowl. Yo, do you want to try that math again? Oh, the second third?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit better.
0: <laughs> yeah! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra, joined by Brazilian Ty and Ty. I don't know if you saw this story, but Costco is selling a 72-pound wheel of cheese. It costs $900. Are you much of a cheese guy, or are you, does it depend on what kind of cheese it is, the kind of situation, or what? It, it's a little bit
1: of everything, like... I, I, I don't like cheese on its own. It has to be melted. Okay. For one thing, um, cheese whiz can beat it. It's disgusting.
0: <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that's the only way I can eat broccoli, <laughs> and I know I sound like a child. But melted yeah, but you
1: cheese melt, whiz. <laughs> if you melt it, it's different.
0: Yeah, like it, it becomes a completely different food.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean, it's not, it's not totally plastic anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> eating plastic being said uh craft singles only in my grilled cheese so Um, good but other than that like if i have if i go to subway or if i'm having a burger well burger can be a craft single too in a pinch but my cheese has to be melted I, i don't like cheese i don't like the taste of of like regular cheese or the texture or the smell
0: I kind of want to buy this just to see how long it would take it's to go 900- through it. It's $900. Yeah, that's an expensive experiment.
1: <laughs> I'd like to see you carry that up the stairs of your condo, though.
0: <laughs> hey, great cup fit up, man. There we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: there we go. And then eat it all. And then, yeah, you just... I'll be like Atlas it, with everything. this cheese
0: on my shoulders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then suffer a heart attack because you ate half of it. <laughs>
0: Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click CFLFantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, before we start talking about the games this week, just going through some news items pretty quickly here. There are some NFL cuts that have continued to be talked about over the past few days. Some of them we could be seeing back in Canada. I actually didn't realize this, but Alex Singleton basically agreed to come back to the Calgary Stampeders as it was reported by Farhan Lauji He had the plane ticket in hand. He was at the airport coming back to Calgary, and the Philadelphia Eagles called him and said, hey, we, we want to guarantee that You're going to be with us this season. A lot of these practice roster guys, especially in the NFL, they change the practice roster almost every week. So I think he wanted the job security there, and they said it might only be a few-week thing, and then we're going to get you onto the active roster. But we were really close to seeing Alex Singleton back with the Stampeders, and they're rolling right now. I'm sure that would have fired them up even more.
1: That's exactly what eight other fan bases wanted was yeah. <laughs> for Calgary to add Alex Singleton. And, ha- and I mean, yeah, he'd be a great add, but like we, we talked about it on on the show earlier this week, like the disruption and and, and teams don't really want to add people. Greenwood has been playing. He's the, he's the leading tackle. He's been playing out of his mind this year. I don't know if you'd really want to disrupt uh, what they got going on there, especially with Bo Levi Mitchell back. If it's not broke, don't fix it.
0: Brett Jones was let go by the Minnesota Vikings, which I uh, was just a victim of the numbers game. He was mm-hmm. a rookie of the year with the Calgary Stampeders uh, about 2013, and has been in the NFL ever since from Wabern, Saskatchewan. Uh, he expects to be on another practice roster soon. Some other names that are interesting, I think. I think Matthew Betts is somebody that the Eskimos will be watching. Their defensive line is already dominating with Kwaku mm-hmm. Bo- Boatang, and they drafted this guy this year. He was let go. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Mark and Michelle, Jameer Thurman, Jordan Williams-Lambert, Devon Campbell, all names over to the watch over the next little while. But I tell you what, I was shocked by how close the singleton yeah. news was. But you know what? Over the past few years, Corey Greenwood has had injury issues galore. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, to have depth at that position wouldn't have hurt the Stampeders at all because that entire team hasn't been immune from the injury bug.
1: No, and we've seen it at especially the wide receiver position. The depth there has been what has saved them. Uh, you know, if they wouldn't have had this depth and we're having to sign guys that weren't on practice rosters and we're just sitting at home, it's it's a it's a huge difference compared to guys you have uh, at practice every week and know this system and can come in and just fill a spot uh, as needed.
0: A quick note here, a little over a month from now, October 9th is the trade deadline. I know in football, it's a little bit harder to make a trade and install a guy into your defense or offense and hope he makes a difference here. But there are some teams that I think could sell a piece or two, to help out a contending team. And I want to mention the latest on the stadium situation in Halifax. That seems to be the last hurdle to get the Atlantic schooners into this league finally, but they have supplied Halifax city council with a business plan. It looks like one they've proposed something. that costs $130 million. It seems pretty bare bones, but it seems like it's going to be the only way I kind of would have liked to have seen a smaller version of New Mosaic and IG Field, but I don't know if they're going to get that done. It looks like they've proposed like 12,000 seat on one side of the stadium that's permanent and then another 8,000 on the other side that can be upgraded to permanent status in the next few years. That's the proposal right now. City Council's basically given it... Are saying they're gonna take six months to think about this and it's an election in Halifax next year it's really hard not to be pessimistic about this whole situation now
1: uh like I understand why they why they're not going the route that we see in Regina um you know you have to look at cost. well benefit. you don't have the
0: guaranteed right. season ticket base and
1: yeah, uh, you know, and, and if it's a smaller stadium, uh, lower upkeep costs, and an event, then like you said, they can change those temp seating to permanent, and maybe add more uh, if if the numbers permit, and you know, you get that demand. Uh, it six months, and then you know that puts us into 2020, and that's an election year, so it's become going to become another hot button topic, and it just seems that it's starting to slow the the momentum is starting to slow down a little bit, but like, like the article said, it is the most credible proposal that they've seen, but I think the timing is
0: what's going to not help. The Montreal Alouettes are seven point favorites over the BC lions on Friday night football. We mentioned it sort of in passing on last week's episode, but, uh, Brian Chu was let go and it's, it's no secret we mention it every single week, sometimes twice, four, eight times a week. That the offensive line in well, BC depends on how many times
1: well. Riley gets sacked. On is how many times we usually
0: mention it. So forty-three times so far this season, at
1: at a bare
0: minimum. Uh, <laughs> Brian Chu is going to be a CFL Hall of Famer. He was on the coaching staff, I believe, in Ottawa when they won the Grey Cup. So he's he he he's got talent and I think he's got a future in this league, but it's just not working out in BC so far. So they bring in Kelly Bates, who kind of a similar situation to uh, Alex Singleton, but in a completely different way. He was getting ready to take a teaching job uh, in Vancouver, but he played for the BC Lions for seven years. He, he, has had a dream of being a professional football coach, and he finally got the call. He's going to be the new guy in B.C. This kind of just seems like an already inexperienced coaching staff is bringing in another inexperienced coach.
1: Yeah, it, it just seems like more of the same. Uh, you know. And And the situation that he's walking into is not a pretty one. We've seen it this year where, you know, the names that they added in the offseason looked like this: this O line was going to be, uh, you know, serviceable. I don't want to say the best in the league, but they were going to be they were going to be able to protect Mike Riley. And it turns out that n- they can't, and it's not happening. Uh, and you bring in another guy who has never coached in this league, or sorry, or you know, another inex- a guy with not a lot of experience, anyways, to come in into an already inexperienced coaching staff as a whole. It's not going to, I don't see it fixing, I, could, I don't see it fixing the problem permanently. Uh, you, you see it in hockey, coach gets fired or a lot of other sports, a coach or manager gets fired and that, those first two weeks with a new voice, uh, the team is totally different, but they always tend to fall back uh, into their same, uh, same ruts uh, for the most part. I mean, there has been some exceptions, but I just, if I'm Kelly Bates, I don't know if this is exactly the, the situation I want to be walking into for my first job.
0: It's a really interesting big picture in BC because there was so much momentum going into this season back in February when they signed Deron Carter and Suk Chung and and Mike Riley and they made all of this happen and there seemed to be hope on the horizon. It seemed maybe there was going to be a sale. They were going to get some local ownership in there, but now that's just gone. If if they don't win another game or they win two games to wrap up this season, even if Braley sells in the offseason, I don't know how they can have momentum going into twenty twenty at all. Mike Riley's another year older and maybe another five years older with the map mileage that's being put on his body this year. I I wonder if Devon Claybrooks and his staff are all on the hot seat. Maybe, maybe Ed Hervey is as well, but I I think they're gonna try and wait this out and at least try to give these guys another off season to figure things out. It's just a feeling I get.
1: Well, and and you don't want to handcuff yourself either, uh, you know, firing coaches and then having not enough room to sign a more experienced base because the coaches cap. And the front office cap, so I think, and I that's think they gave him a three-year deal. <laughs> yeah, it gives him a little bit of built-in security. I don't know it, the details on that rule have been shady from the start. I don't know yeah. if a coach is in his last year, if that is going to if that carries over, if he gets fired, or blow, we don't know how it's really going to work out. Um, but like yeah, like you said, February it it looks so good. I mean, you had Riley and Burnham. Uh, There and it just seemed like, yeah, okay, got a better quarterback situation, still have arguably one of the best receivers in the league. You've made this work in Edmonton. They can make it work here, and it just hasn't. And I don't know if that's because they spent all that money on Riley and they weren't able to complement him with other players or what it was, but it's not working, and it's, it's brutal to watch. And like you said, coming in next year, where is the momentum for a fan base going to come from? Because I I don't want to say they're losing fans. I don't think that's it, but it's going to be really hard for people if this team doesn't make any significant, and I think they will, but significant changes, whether it be coaching staff or on the field, uh, for for fans to be like, well, how are we not just going to get the same product we got last year?
0: Suk Chung has been dealing with a triceps injury and it looks like he is not going to play in this game against Montreal. And it seems like in just half a season, things have been turned around by the Montreal Alouettes. They did lose B.J. Cunningham a few weeks ago, so I think they were in need of another big-bodied veteran receiver. Chris Matthews, let go by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, signed in Montreal. Looks like he's not going to play this week, I think. That's uh, a sign of how things have gone in Montreal. I think if this was last year, they kind of did it with manzel Just sign a guy and throw him in there, but they're letting him get used to the offense uh, with the team before throwing him to the Wolves. They
1: also have a coach who knows what he's doing.
0: <laughs> that's big.
1: I, th- I think that's the biggest difference we've seen uh, in Montreal. And I know the season didn't start out um they weren't world beaters. They're not world beaters now, but they are playing way better football than they did all of last year. It seems, and to start this year, uh, and I wouldn't say it turned around in, in, in one offseason. Like for all the crapping we did on Kavis Reed, he did make some pretty good additions. He did, uh, especially to the defense in the last two off seasons, and the defense has been really good this year. Um, and then Vernon Adams finally getting getting the chance to to be a number one and get all those reps and uh, Jones is just letting him run with it. And he's, it's, it turns out that, you know, he is a starting quarterback in this league. And I think he, he has proven that there is no reason uh, to doubt him in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll see how long this keeps up. I mean, it's not even a full season yet, but uh, Vernon Adams turning that quarterback position around from what it was last year. I know Antonio Pipkin was pretty good for them last year, but Vernon Adams just, plays the game similar but different. Like, I think his decision-making is a little bit better than Antonio Pipkin's, but they're both, they're both able to make plays with their legs.
0: They're actually just entertaining to watch, which has been a yep. long time coming even, for that fan Even base. without Taylor Loeffler. <laughs> yeah, I know Bo Lacombo is in there now, and I had doubts about how he would do at safety, and I think, you know, some people... A lot of people probably did. He's p- been playing linebacker his entire time, but it worked out in touchdown Atlantic. We'll see if it continues to work out for that Alouette defense where Bob Slowick uh, struggled early on, and they're making some good things happen right now as they come off the bye. The BC Lions also coming off the bye. They have not lost in Montreal in 2014 or since 2014. I think that speaks a lot to how how poor Montreal was rather than, you know, how good BC has been over that stretch, but it's really hard not to look at this game as a runaway for the Alouettes. Um, yeah,
1: I, I would have no problem saying that. I mean, they come in, sorry, as a touchdown favorite. Uh, yeah, the way, (laughs) the way BC, the way BC has played, it's like, um, I don't I don't see a problem in Montreal covering that. I mean cross country. Uh I know both teams are coming off a bye but it just it has all the makings for
0: for Montreal to announce their announce their dominance. I think the Alouette players are all going to be very popular picks in CFL fantasy this week wherever you play. Vernon mm-hmm. Adams now is going to cost you five digits. There's no discount there anymore. Eugene Lewis is even over $7,000 now, but I really like the Alouettes' defense this week. I mean, Muamba, Bowman, anyone in that front seven gets to Mike Riley and gets a number of sacks. If they're going to force turnovers and get sacks, it's just going to make up a, a nice little value mm-hmm. with the L's defense.
1: And with our luck, this will be the week that... Uh, B.C. gives up zero sacks because we both took the L's defense.
0: (laughs) It very well could happen, man. (laughs) Oh, It's going to be an interesting Friday nighter in Montreal. Saturday, we have a triple header. I think this game is really intriguing as well. Where the Ottawa Red Blacks are five-point favorites over the Toronto Argonauts. Mm -hmm. The Argos playing on a short week with Ottawa coming off the bye. This is a crappy situation for the Argos. They, I mean, the travel inside Ontario isn't grueling by any means, but it's one of those things of the CFL schedule where if the Thai Cats and the uh, Argos are going to play on Labor Day Monday every year and they can't just do the straight-up matchup or the, the straight-up rematch because then I think one team would have to have two buys in a row. Or mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a weird wrinkle or, of or the we schedule get that here. Or
1: we get that weird Tuesday game.
0: Yeah. Again. So I think the Argos are in a rough spot here. Let, let's talk about those Argos a little bit here. I think when they made the trade to... Saskatchewan for Zach Caleros, there was a thought that maybe if McLeod Bethel-Thompson could steal a win or two, that Caleros could step in and maybe fight for second in the East, but no wins have come other than the BC game when they, uh, (laughs) oh, they lost that game. Sorry. No, Mm -hmm. when they beat Winnipeg somehow. Yeah. (laughs) And lost me a... Quite a load of money. <laughs> uh, Jim Pop says that Zach Claros isn't ready to practice, but he's had positive meetings with doctors recently. Says he thinks that Zach has a future in Toronto. Seems like a circumventing the coach's cap by putting him on the player payroll so he can be a quarterback's coach. Oh, well, the Andy <laughs> Fan Two special. <laughs> that, that's I'm not saying, but I'm saying. I'm
1: just I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> doesn't that make sense? Well, I mean,
1: um, <laughs> Lou Lamorello was in Toronto for a couple of years with the Leafs. He circumvented a lot of salary cap rules with that Kovalchuk contract. Pretty sure he talked to Jim Pop a little bit. Pretty sure Jim Pop got some ideas.
0: <laughs> uh, Jim Pop also said that he's not looking to trade anyone. That there are a lot of guys in this core that teams wanted last year that they want this year. But he wants to build around some of those guys. Do you? So you're telling
1: me he's not going to trade James Welder Jr. if somebody asks?
0: Do you see Jim Pop being the man that's the GM next year? Who Who else? That's That's a solid question. Because we don't see a lot of new GMs. It's all recycled. I kind of want to see them give Does, the keys to uh, to Kent Austin just so you can rant on him again. Uh, either
1: that or do they go to Hamilton and, and ask for permission to speak to Jim Barker, bring him back?
0: Maybe. <laughs> it's, it's weird seeing him on the sidelines. I know that. <laughs> yeah,
1: there, there's not a lot of options out there for GMs right now. Um, I mean, teams usually just recycle old, or not. I shouldn't say old, but previous GMs in the league, and it's in every league. Same with coaches and all that stuff. I mean, BC is the anomaly, bringing in a bunch of guys who don't have a lot of experience. Um, I, I don't think they're interested in Cavis Reed. Uh, I I understand why Jim why there'd be a question about Jim Pop returning. I mean, this team is one in nine. They were, like, 5-23 and 23 since they won the Grey Cup. Yeah. Um, I, I would totally understand if he doesn't come back. I just don't know who they would replace him with. Like, there's
0: not a lot of options out there. If they got some uh, draft picks they want to trade, I, I'm sure Brendan Tamman would come back. Oh, well, that's a bit... Yeah, well... <laughs> He likes emptying the cupboards. Yeah. <laughs> See the riders after 2013. Um <laughs> I think the Argos now need to cut bait and turn this into a uh, ten week training
1: camp. So basically like in fantasy sports where if you're not making the playoffs, you just you're everybody else's farm team. Yeah. I and I
0: think that's
1: what, see what you, see what you have like you know what you have in S J Green and Monty Edwards and Darrell Walker McLeod Bethel Thompson to a point you still don't know what the hell James Franklin is.
0: Well, uh, I don't know Ray, if you get rid of him, but McLeod Bethel Thompson is not their guy in no, the future. No, i I'm we not, not saying I'm not saying get rid of him. You still don't yeah. know what he
1: is. I mean, you have these ten weeks. You can if you if you want to treat it like a training camp. I mean, if he's healthy, you can get him reps.
0: Yeah. I think they and, but, should,
1: but like you said, like you said Jim Pop says he thinks Zach Kalaros has a future in Toronto. Well, they're not going to, they, they can't, have, they won't be able to keep Kalaros, McLeod, with the Thompson and, and James Franklin. They're going to have to make a decision on which two guys they're going to keep. And I mean, if they're if they're pretty much saying the season is over, and I don't think I don't think players would ever say that, that. Tanking is a front office thing. It's not a it's not a coaches or or team thing. It's a front office thing. Um, if he if they want to figure out what they have, they they gotta give uh James Franklin reps. I know they, they want to win games, but at some point you're you're hurting yourself
0: for the future by by not finding this stuff out. Bethel Thompson can put up yards. I I think just about mm-hmm. every Argo fan would agree that he's not a franchise quarterback of the future. Um he's already over thirty, so I don't know if that's so smart to go into that direction.
1: Yeah. And his one start against Ottawa this year, 31 1⁄2 points.
0: Uh, he, he, his career it averages,
1: His career average is 16.9. He's going to cost you just over
0: $9,300. There's not a huge discount there fantasy-wise either. Well, if you don't give up almost 500 yards to Dane Evans, they win on Labor Day, and that's not McLeod yep. Bethel-Thompson's fault. <laughs> no, the defense couldn't make a stop. Well, at, this, at the same time, McLeod Bethel-Thompson's offense
1: scored three points in the second half.
0: Yeah. Can can't you see James Franklin succeeding in Winnipeg? Oh boy, here we go. But he's got a, that, a that team. was that was my exact thought.
1: Yeah, when I opened the sheet today and said and it said that, you know, Pop doesn't want to trade anybody and I'm like, "Well, you Winnipeg might come calling from what we've seen on Twitter today." Uh, Winnipeg might be making a couple calls trying to find uh, a quarterback that can come in that that actually has experience uh, under center because they could be in a lot of trouble.
0: He's got a team in Winnipeg that can rush for 175 Mm -hmm. yards a game, like almost Mm -hmm. quite easily. (laughs) And 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 he doesn't
1: have to throw the ball downfield.
0: Yeah, Franklin's never had that in Toronto. It's always been on him. To mm-hmm. to make it happen. But I think you gotta give the reps to Dakota Prukop and Michael O'Connor as well. Like split the games between those two young guys and see if there's anything there. At least get them reps. Yep. I mean it's
1: if you do if you do that, you're basically telling the players we're done.
0: Yeah. And that's that's a tough way to go for a front office. You can't see SJ Green being on the block. I
1: could. It it salary cap situations is what's gonna dictate whether or not guys are gonna be traded from Toronto, I think. So I see more likely him being on the
0: block than Darrell Walker.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that comes down to age too. Yeah. I'd rather have Durell Walker on my team than SJ Green. I'm not I'm not talking skill wise or anything. SJ Green's still a really good receiver in this league, but
0: he's an all time great.
1: Yeah. But I mean you're going to get a little more out of Durell
0: Walker, longevity wise. And I think they have to give Brandon Burks the rock. Just one hundred percent.
1: I think James Wilder, James Wilder Jr. I I don't know why Jim Papa is not looking to trade him. Well, I get why he says it. You don't want that out in in
0: in the yeah, the, the internet
1: in the interwebs. But I think James Wilder Jr. is one
0: hundred percent on the block. I'm just trying to think of another team that he could uh, go play for, and I I can't really think of a good fit right now. Uh, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Well,
1: yeah, Edmonton doesn't run the ball. BC has John White. Yeah, that's another. That's a whole other issue. I yeah. mean,
0: but we it, still have we still have a month. Yeah, I mean, and injuries, injuries can still pop happen up in that next. Uh, month yeah. as well uh, as for Ottawa Jonathan Jenny wait wait been, wait 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 wait. is this the longest we've talked about the Argos right like, ever Uh we've trashed them a lot this season yeah there's a difference oh <laughs> it might be it might be mm. interesting
1: like and we the are in blue. and how about we those are.
0: logos on Labor Day oh straight fire yes thumbs up to those yeah Jonathan Jennings has been named Red Blacks starter. Uh, congrats to him for welcoming a baby girl into the world as well. I think this is the right move. I think since we first saw Jennings come into the offense for Ottawa, he's gotten better. He he, he looked pretty rough. It almost looked mm-hmm. it wasn't going as well as Dom Davis was. But I think this is the right move for the Red Blacks right now.
1: Well and they have to get him reps and get it, get him confidence. It's hard to come into a game somewhat cold and and be thrown yeah. into an offense. Uh you know, and Dom Davis has proven that time there's been times where he can't get the job done and it's time to give Jennings a shot and if if he can get some wins and you know stay within reach of Montreal and 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 the home or to host the, the E-Semi, because, I mean, Edmonton right now is a stranglehold on the crossover. Um, you know, they it, it could work out real well, or it could be really bad, and the fans, again, could hate another starting quarterback that isn't Dom Davis in Ottawa.
0: A quick fantasy note on the running back position in Ottawa. Moses Meduew was getting first team reps on Tuesday at running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Crockett got banged up in the Saskatchewan game before the bye. It doesn't seem like he's quite ready to go yet, so Madou might be the one carrying the ball in this one. In seven games, seven in seven games against Toronto,
1: seven point three points. His career average is twelve point one. so if if he can get a uh some red zone time and a touchdown, it it'll bump it up, and at only sixty-three thirty-nine, uh it could be cheap if he if he can score a touchdown for you for sure.
0: They were giving him the ball 20 25 times to start the year, and I think that's probably the key to success uh for the mm-hmm. Red Blacks in this one, although that front seven in Toronto is no joke, and they might have no. a tough time running the ball. <laughs> oh they might have a tough time just doing
1: anything behind the line of scrimmage. But the way that the way that Toronto's defensive line played last week was seven sacks. Yeah. Um, Jennings might be uh, running for his life a little bit. But mind you, we, we've seen Ottawa in the draft-draft offensive lineman first round every year. So, I mean, their offensive line should be pretty decent. But, I mean, that, that front seven for Toronto uh, can be beasts
0: when they want to be. This episode of Tune Out is brought to you by the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit, a day to explore fresh perspectives and practices around wellness at work. Hear what Linda Crawford of Alberta Blue Cross had to say about the summit. You know,
1: Alberta Blue Cross really wants to support people. We truly, truly are moving the needle in a way that we want to make an impact. And so, you know, coming to even a first ever event is always fun. You can always now be able to say, hey, I was at that event. And our intention is to really leverage and scale this on an annual basis. So why not come and be that first pioneer and leader that raises their hand and says, you know what, this sounds fantastic. I want to be part of this movement, the energy that's going to happen there. Sign me up.
0: It's all happening October 10th at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel. Sign yourself up at the wellnesssummit.ca. ooh the second half of the triple header on Saturday is the Banjo Bowl. You, do you want to try that math again? Oh, the second third?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit better. I mean, it makes numerical sense.
0: <laughs> the bombers. Not a math guy. There's been 15 Banjo Bulls. The bombers have won eight of them, but they're five and zero at home this season and four and two in Banjo Bulls at IG Field. This is be this is going to be the first one that Matt Nichols hasn't played in since 2014. Let's start with Saskatchewan. William Powell and Marcus Figpen. I'm just saying. They didn't get many carries or touches at all in Labor Day. hmm Now I'm thinking since they won that game, that had to be a strategy to keep these guys fresh on a short week. I
1: if you look at it that way, yeah.
0: Um I mean Hindsight's William 20, Powell 20. was averaging
1: five <laughs> yard yeah, like William Powell was averaging five yards of carry and they just quit giving him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that made sense.
0: Yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep uh, dropping back our young quarterback to pass when Willie Jefferson's trying to take his head off. Yeah. Like that's just, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Craig, (laughs) um, (laughs)
1: uh, fresh short week or not, not an overly short week. I mean, they played on Sunday, not Monday. So that extra day will be pretty good. And like I said, pretty fresh. I think Powell had eight carries. Uh, I think Penn didn't get a lot of looks, uh, You know, is that going to help against Drake Nevis? I don't know. Drake Nevis and Willie Jefferson on that defensive line, they can literally blow up any play. And I don't
0: know if it matters how fresh you are. The Bombers have released running back John Santiago, and they bring back Larry Rose, who is in camp with the team. And you kind of mentioned it early on and Wednesday was a big day when it came to bomber news. There's been whispers sort of that Matt Nichols is not going to be anywhere close to returning after the four to six week timetable and that Mm -hmm. he might actually miss the vast majority of the rest of the regular season. And it was brought up to Mike O'Shea at Wednesday's practice. And he actually seemed mad I don't know where you guys are getting your information, but that is not the information I had. This is a game that it looks like Mike O'Shea wants to win more than anything else. And we saw it at the end of the Labor Day Classic. He getting all fired up about the long snapper. Of course, he's going to back up a guy that ended up getting hurt on a play, which, Uh by the way, there are a lot of members of the Winnipeg media who are saying themselves that it was a clean hit. Mm-hmm. maybe they will amend the rule in the offseason, but it was not to, a dirty play by LeVar Edwards.
1: Well, how, how do you amend you can't say you can't touch the center once he stands
0: up? They they've ah, they've kind of thrown the idea around of maybe not being able to touch the long snapper at all or giving him a Mississippi or something, but
1: Just keep your head down.
0: This is the most I've ever heard a long snapper talked about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unless they're messing up and not uh, snapping the ball properly. Even then, Mm -hmm. they just throw a different guy in. But this is the the biggest long snapper controversy I've ever heard.
1: Like, I honestly believe that Mike O'Shea would kill somebody to win this game. It seems like it, man. Like, he is so insane. He was... Super pissed at the refs, and and it didn't look that happy with Craig Dickinson, uh, and with the media scrum and and all that stuff we saw on Wednesday. He is not a happy man. Um, if somebody looks at him wrong, they could be in for a world of hurt. He, <laughs> and like I said, he wants to win this game so bad because if they don't, they lose the season series. They lose first place right now. Yeah, uh, and questions are going to start arising. Uh, more questions will come up about Matt Nichols and whether or not he's going to be ready or not because if they lose two in a row to Saskatchewan, the Chris Trevler doubters are going to be
0: out in full force. I got to check what the live mic game is this week, but can I? Can it please be this one? <laughs> oh, like, I, I'd pay pay-per-view to get it uncensored, man. <laughs> 100%. I'm gonna like, pull, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Like 29.99, I would. <laughs>
1: I would at 29.99, I think I'd pirate it.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a Reddit stream somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Thomas Miles was handling the long snapping duties in practice. There were also some other notable names that weren't participating in Wednesday's practice. Nick Dembski. Lucky Whitehead. Is it Cody Speller? Mercy Mastin? And yes, the long snapper Chad Rempel. If Dembski and Whitehead aren't good to go, and the passing game for the Bombers right now is, it's not firing at all cylinders, but I think with Nick Marshall working on Darvin Adams, it's the Kenny the King Lawler show.
1: Um... Yeah, that's a that's a very fair assessment. Uh, you know, and he showed last week that he can he can be not necessarily a target monster, but he can find those spots in zones and 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 you know get open and, and make plays when given the opportunity. Uh, he's, kind of, he's buried a little bit on the depth chart with the, with the bodies in front of him, but like you said, with, if Nick Marshall's going to be um, on Darvin Adams, then I mean that's going to open up a lot of room for everybody else. And I have the live Mike game for this weekend. What is it? You're not going to. It's Calgary Edmonton rematch.
0: Okay, I'm. I'm. At least that'll be okay. I'm glad it's not Ottawa Toronto or. Yeah,
1: but we had Calgary Edmonton last week.
0: Oh yeah, twice in a row. Yeah. Ah well, uh, Daniel Peterman and Rashad Bailey were practicing with the ones on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. This is going to be another situation where you're going to have to watch the depth chart and maybe not even trust it all that much because today's practice in Winnipeg is closed. We're going to get nothing out of Mike O'Shea and what goes on in that practice because, like you said, he really wants to win this game more than almost any other game on the calendar.
1: I don't know if he's more choked that guys are asking this question or that they're getting their information from somebody inside the team. Because I don't know where else they would be getting
0: info on Matt Nichols from. There's a rat in the Winnipeg organization. Who yeah. is it? Mole, 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 mole.
1: <laughs> nice to mole you. I mean, meet you.
0: <laughs> well, I think this is maybe one of the most hyped banjo bulls in a while. It, since,
1: since the first one
0: yeah yeah its since Troy Westwood yeah i I, yeah. I think this one's gonna be uh, a lot of fun now Willie Jefferson gets to get his hands on that trophy since apparently it disappeared into thin air last year when the riders won it weird <laughs> let's go to Edmonton where the um did you forget something? I just decided to skip over it. <laughs> oh, okay
1: I was good. I mean yeah but if you got something need, to don't... say
0: you could say it.
1: I'd rather not mention his name because he's a complete. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> uh,
0: it has to do with Chad Rempel and that's a certain just that certain Sportsnet
1: employee that. that all he does is crap on the CFL.
0: Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, uh, let's go to Edmonton where you can
1: you can DM us if you want our opinions.
0: <laughs> Tell me how the Eskimos are two and a half point favorites here. Um, they're at home. That's all I can think of. The Labor and
1: at two-and-a-half-point two favorites, that means Calgary is going to win this game because you only get three points
0: being the home team, yeah. by rule usually. The Labor Day rematch between uh, the Stampeders and the Eskimos where suddenly things in Calgary are looking really good. You know, a lot of the times the past few seasons, the Stampeders – Almost in September, they had a lead in the West Division where no one was going to catch them. Now mm-hmm. they are the chasers. It's new territory for them, but yeah. Bo Mitchell is looking to get on track, and I think he's going to show no mercy. If, get, get on track? Well. <laughs> I don't
1: think he missed a beat by the looks of things.
0: <laughs> I, so, there was a headline somebody claimed that he was shaking off some rust. I... <laughs> If that's rust, the Eskimos got a long, long night ahead of them here <laughs> yeah
1: um i I know I know the league will never cheer for players to get hurt and, and nobody should um but Bo Levi Mitchell getting hurt it, it somewhat helped the league because it created a little bit of parody now,
0: maybe in a race in the now, West,
1: right, but that being said with him back now. They could they could seriously
0: win out, and it won't matter. Anyways. One of the struggles with the Stampeders early on in the year is that they just couldn't run the ball. Mm-hmm. And Kadeem Carey had 16 carries, hundred over 140 yards against the Eskimos, a team that a lot thought nobody was going to be able to run on them. And they were stopping mm-hmm. the run early the year, but they've given up nearly 400 yards in the past two games. Yes, one of those is Kadim Carey. And even if Don Jackson is healthy, and it feels so weird to say because he was such a game changer last season, I think this is Carey's job to lose now.
1: Oh, I don't know. If, if Don Jackson is at 100% and there's the only thing that you can't, you're not going to put Don Jackson back in. And hope he doesn't get hurt again, right? And hope that he's not going to get re-injured. You yeah. have to make sure that he's a hundred percent ready to go. Um, I think
0: it's his job at, when he gets back to full health. The Eskimos, over the past few weeks, have taken their lowest penalty totals, but they've played How's that working out for him some of their worst wor- worst football of the season. So, mm-hmm. is it? Them trying to take that aggressive edge away, because somehow they need to learn how to play with that defensive edge and that aggression and not take the stupid penalties. It just doesn't go hand-in-hand hand for this team for some reason.
1: Well, you can play with that aggression. It's the after-the-play crap that you have to get rid of.
0: Oh, Play whistle-to-whistle.
1: Yeah. Whistle. You can play physical and do all that same stuff that you have been doing in between the whistles, but once that whistle goes, don't you know teams know that you can bait these guys into stupid penalties after the play
0: and and that's that's what they have to clean up it happened for hamilton where you know a couple penalties were dished out some guys were ejected but don't get involved in the crap in the first place And usually the Calgary That's that's easy
1: for us to say. I mean, we're not the ones getting punched in the mouth.
0: I know. Usually the Stampeders are pretty good at not getting involved in that. Mm -hmm. Although at times we've seen... Now that Micah Johnson is gone. (laughs) We've seen if they trail that you can get in their heads a bit. So I think the Eskimos Mm -hmm. need to just get off to a a fast start here. And I think it starts at the running game because 35 yards for C.J. Gable last week... If that happens again, they'd need to make a change there. I know they were losing,
1: but, yeah, you lost the game by 16. You weren't down 16 in the first quarter. No, they weren't. You you need to run the ball or else teams are just going to tee off on your quarterback, pressure galore, and he's not going to be able to make plays, and that's what we saw.
0: Trevor Harris is n- still not beating the Calgary Stampeders as a starter, mm-hmm. but Commonwealth Stadium is going to be rocking on Saturday. They've last the, family day of the year. Yeah, I think they're going to push probably forty thousand in the stands. It usually does. It's a big one when Calgary comes to town. They've done the kids get in free for the last few years. <laughs> you you don't want to lay in f- an egg in front of Commonwealth Stadium. This is now a must-win for the Eskimos, who have tumbled a little bit in the mm-hmm. West Division standings. And if they do win this game, things get really interesting. <laughs> oh, it just—it becomes a—it
1: becomes Heartbreak Ridge, the Clint yeah. movie. It's just a cluster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, who do you have winning the four games? Oh, that's Montreal. Toronto, Saskatchewan, Calgary. Saskatchewan with the Banjo Bull sweep. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking the Alouettes. I'm going to take the Red Blacks. I just
1: don't have any faith in John Jennings. Actually, I'm going to change my pick to Ottawa because he had a bye week.
0: That's kind of what I'm thinking here.
1: Yeah, bye week against Toronto who played on Monday. Yeah,
0: That just makes more sense. That'll be the one game I lose now. That's what I'm leaning towards. I think the bombers are going to win this game. Hmm. If, if the riders play like they did last week, they're they're not going to win. They need to play better, and uh-huh. uh, I I think that I think Willie's going to bring it for four quarters this time and. It's just so hard to handle him, and he's going to be fired up at IG Field, and I'm going to take the Stampeders. You know what? Before last week, I kind of thought it was going to be a split between Calgary-Edmonton, but the way that the Eskimos lost, I don't know if they have what it takes to get it figured out. It was their lowest point total of the year. Yeah. And they didn't look good. It, it could end up being an absolute shootout in a classic, like last year's Labor Day rematch. But...
1: <laughs> it very well could be, yep, and I'll yeah. get to miss it. I'll be in church.
0: What are you doing? I have a wedding again. Oh, you do have a wedding. Okay. I'm not going to be there as well because I'm actually going to be judging chicken wings at the Central Alberta Wing Fest.
1: Oh, I don't know what sounds better.
0: I've had worse jobs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'd, I'd say. I mean, you were dressed up as Cupid. Oh, at the when local it was radio station below.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm finding those, I'm
0: posting those pictures. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge continues this week as I take on Sheldon from Horseman Radio and you have Super Fan Mike from the Eskimo Empire podcast. We are both in uh, playoff spots. Two, we are uh, 3 and 4. Uh, I don't know how to talk about this segment because we did not talk to each other and we took the exact same lineup. Yeah. Great minds, man. Great minds. <laughs> so, but,
1: but I'm not worried about it because I know you're going to change yours 10 more times before Friday night. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm thinking about it, but I kind of <laughs> thought, I have the perfect lineup here and you agree. <laughs> Yeah, I I
1: like I, I looked at it when you sent me it and I was in the middle of a Madden game, so it was just kinda glanced over. I'm like, oh it looks pretty good. I'll check out numbers later. Go for a walk for Great Cup fit up, get all that stuff done, uh make supper, eat supper, do our fantasy stuff. Okay, yeah, these are the guys I'm gonna start. And then I'm like, Oh, I better check Travis's, then I can, you know, put it in and see what and I'm like, oh, The only thing different (laughs) is that mine went Augustine Carey and
0: yours went Carey Augustine. (laughs) I had doubts on how Johnny Augustine was going to do in the Labor Day Classic, but at Mm -hmm. $4,500, had himself a nice game, and I think that is the key to Winnipeg's success. So they're going to continue running the ball. I I feel like I I like saving money at the running back position. I'm starting to go that way more and more. Kadeem Carey had a nice game against Edmonton last week, and I think they're going to try and do that again. Vernon Adams Jr. is our quarterback. We matched him with Quan Bray, uh, Darrell Walker going against the Red Blacks, Kenny the King Lawler in our flex, and the Alouettes defense against the BC Lions. What I might change is I really want want to fit the Bomber defense in there. The, mm. Both the Bombers and the rider defense are really expensive, but they're on a nice little streak of getting double-digit so, points the last few weeks. My question is, if
1: we tie in our Pilsner Nation Fantasy League for first, do we split the jelly beans?
0: Yeah, I guess you'll get 12.5 jelly beans, and uh, I'll take 12.5. Mm. What color do you want? Uh, green always oh, green okay you can have the green like
1: that that's why skittles are garbage now because they change green from lime to green apple and they can just get bent <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, who are your top performers uh looking ahead to the week in fantasy football <laughs>
1: uh McLeod, bethel thompson only one start against ottawa got thirty-one and a half in that game averaging 16.9 in his career uh, mike riley 11 starts 23.4 chris strevler Uh, The one start, of course, against Saskatchewan, uh, 18.9. His average uh, per start is declining in a hurry. He's down to 22.7. And Bo Levi Mitchell, I mean, 17.9 and 15 starts. Not that expensive at just over $9,500. William Powell, Jeremiah Johnson, and Johnny Augustine at 22.4, 17.9 and 14.5. Kadeem Carey in there at 14.3. Uh, and William Stanback in only one game, 9.2 it is kind of middle of the pack just because we don't know who's going to get the carries or the bulk of the carries between him and Jeremiah Johnson. And then, of course, I mean, Reggie Bagleton, four games, 19 points. Kenny Lawler last week, 16.7. S.J. Green, 16.4 uh, in 11 games. And the 10 games Roosevelt has played against the Bombers, he's averaged 14.4. And he's only at 5400 bucks.
0: Yeah, he might provide a good value here. Tommy mm-hmm. Monster last week. Yeah, I might try to get him back into my lineup against a. Do I say weaker defense? <laughs> I, I don't know. When,
1: Winston like Winston Rose doesn't get talked about. He doesn't.
0: He deserves to be talked about more.
1: That yeah. So I mean I, I don't know if I'd call it weaker. I'd say it's a different. De- I'd say I'd say it's a different defense.
0: Right. They're uh, both
1: really good, but they both do different things.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it's cool to see Roosevelt doing uh, doing what he what he does best and making those uh, tough catches. Yeah.
1: And all these numbers are already up on the website, so you can go check out the tables. And I basically did everybody that was on the website this this week, uh, with the exception of a couple guys who had. Uh, suspensions or the exclamation point saying they've they've been sent back to school or
0: they're not even on practice squads anymore. Check out two and out for that information from Brazilian Thai. To and Out is a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Check out the show Girl Tries Life. Uh, Victoria Smith interviews inspiring women to show that there are many different ways to live an incredible life. So here are the tangible ways to achieve your goals and dreams. And check out all the great shows in the Alberta Podcast Network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. I do have a programming note. Speaking of inspiring women... Brody Mm -hmm. Lawson is uh, the host for the Canadian Football League, or one of the hosts for the CFL. And on Monday's show, she will be joining us for a chat about uh, Grey Cup Fit-Up and a bunch of other fun stuff. Oh, are you throwing this to me? Yeah, because you're the Grey Cup Fit-Up guru. I wouldn't say that. I mean, (laughs) I had to cut my walk short today because my shins hurt. Well, you still went out, and that's all that counts. Look at me patting you on the back. What's happening to me? I, li- I like this new softer version of Trav. <laughs> Behind the scenes, I am the most sensitive man you know. Mm,
1: I don't know. We won't name names, but I've seen people cry at Grey Cup parties.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> And I'm going to let the scandal just go on on Twitter because that was classic.
1: <laughs> I do what I can.
0: So Brody joins us on Monday. And if you need any tickets for any games, the big triple header on Saturday, or the Friday nighter in Montreal, seatgiant.ca. Head there now. And bef- before we really sign off, it's day 20 of Grey Cup
1: Fit Up. And we, we talked to Brody about this. There's no reason that you can't join late. It, it's it's not a big deal. It doesn't have to be the 100 days. Just get out there. It, it's just you, you don't have to hit the gym for 90 minutes. Just do
0: something. CFL.ca slash sunlight for all the details on that. Mm-hmm. If you need tickets, though, seatgiant.ca. Use the promo code APN. They're Canadian-owned and operated. My brother got tickets to the Labor Day Classic in Regina. From Seat Giant. If you're traveling to the States, they got the tickets there in Canadian dollars. Promo code APN, seatgiant.ca. You save 5% and you support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. We'll be back with Brody on Monday. Enjoy the games this week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network
1: on Twitter.